Good evening everyone. Good evening everyone on Zoom. Uh, title of um, tonight's talk is Equanimity. Um, it follows on from the, the trilogy of talking about greed, hatred and ignorance or grasping, aversion and apathy. And um, basically what equanimity is, is the absence of grasping, aversion and apathy. That's what it is. Um, people have the idea that um, you um, attain something or you, you, uh, you gain something through doing practice. Um, but nirvana itself means um, the absence of grasping aversion and ignorance. Like when that's not there aggravating you, then there's a, a peace, peaceful experience people have. You could, it's the whole Four Noble Truths is a medical metaphor. It's like if you're, there's a, it's like there's a sickness and there's a cause of the sickness, which is grasping aversion and ignorance. And then when you get rid of the, the, um, the, the cause of the illness, you're healthy again. Right? It's not the gaining of something, it's the... I think Joko actually uses the words in her book, it's that enlightenment is not the gaining of something, it's the absence of something. But this is what it is, the absence of. Um, uh, some people have the idea that equanimity is a state of mind and then they're trying to hold on to the state of mind. So there's times when we have a peaceful state of mind. There might be particular um, meditations we have or retreats we have where we have a state of mind and, and that's fine. But then your circumstances change and you come out of meditation and you, you come home and your adolescent daughter is angry at you, you know, whatever it might be. And then you've got to deal with a you know, crisis. So where's your peace of mind? You know? um, damn it, I've created this peace of mind, now I've gone home and it's gone, you know, and we're angry about it. So that's what, you know, clinging to states of mind is, is not what it, what it is. And people neurobiologically think, oh, well, it's the creation of um, beta endorphins, which calm you. Well, yes, you do create those when, when you meditate, and particularly on a retreat, you do. And it, let, it lends itself to a state of samadhi, right? But samadhi in itself is not an equanimity if you're holding on to it. So um, equanimity is that dissolving of the grasping aversion, apathy um, dynamic in the mind. There's a number of koans that touch on this. One is by Unmon, um, who is famous for his saying, every day is a good day. Uh-huh. Um, and I've, I've found from um, people living in Japan this is a very common saying in Japan, every day is a good day. But the Japanese have added another line to it, which I really like, which balances it out, actually. Because every day is a good day is a bit absolute. You know? Whereas what the Japanese say is every day is a good day, but some days are better than others. <laughs> <laughs> but every day is a good day. And there was a Zen teacher once who was, um, you know, when everyone asked him how he was, he said, I'm okay. Right? And uh, every day he would say that, and then his students students said to him, well, like, are you really okay every day? And he said, well, when I have a bad day, that's okay. 
and when I have a good day, that's okay, right? So it's not as though, you know, enlightenment is some kind of state where it's a state of mind, you're not touched by the world in any kind of way. And another koan, another interesting koan is um, a, a student asked the teacher, um, how, is your, how is your reference today? And he replied, Sunface Buddha, Moonface Buddha. Kind Sunface Buddha, Moonface Buddha. Um, sometimes I have, sometimes I have my good days. Sometimes I have my bad days. He was sick actually at the time. His teacher, when he was asked, Sunface Buddha, Moonface Buddha. Um, both are Buddhas, mm-hmm. but both have a different expression on their face. Um, Kind of like the experience of it that you have, you know, from from doing practice. It's like it's like the sea. It's like the sea could be calm on the surface, or it could be turbulent on the surface. But it's kind of like it's there. That's the surface. And sometimes there may be more stress in your life than at other times. But there's something below the surface where it's just still, right? and you. You experience both. You're kind of there in the stillness, and um, and the stress and there's turbulence on the surface there at the same time. That's the kind of experience of it's okay that I'm having a bad day, right? or sun face Buddha, or, bad, or or moon face Buddha. Um, so instead of grasping after pleasure, which may be even a peaceful mind and avoiding pain, and chasing after success and avoiding failure, and chasing after gain and avoiding loss, and chasing after fame and avoiding disgrace. It's becoming, it's dissolving that kind of chasing that happens all the time, and it's being willing to be present to whatever happens. So if we were to find equanimity in a more appropriate way, it's being one with your circumstances, whatever they are, not a state of mind. Um, Equanimity usually is paired together with compassion. And um, there's there's some interesting little statements here from, I gathered from Sharon Salzberg, who's a very well-known Vipassana teacher in the US which is about equanimity in our relationship to others. And what they are, there's four of them. Um, I care about you, I care about your pain, yet I cannot control it. Mm -hmm. I will care for you, but I cannot keep you from suffering. May I offer love, knowing I can't control the course of life, and I wish you happiness and peace, yet cannot make your choices for you. Mm-hmm. So there is compassion, but there is equanimity in that as well. That they're, they're very important words for anyone in a caring profession, nursing, psychology, you know, teaching, and even in your own personal relationships. We may care for people, but we could, our, our care doesn't necessarily change the course of someone's life. 
if we have both of those operating, um, that's that's the most important thing in in in, in uh, caring relationships, whether they're professional or, or family, whatever. Um, what is also to, to distinguish, it's important to distinguish equanimity from indifference. In each of these um, experiences that blossom out of practice, um, love, compassion, joy, and equanimity, they have their far enemy um, and they also have their near enemy. And the near enemy of equanimity is indifference. It looks like it, but it's not the same. And indifference is, oh, I'm just attached and above the world and whatever happens doesn't bother me. That, that's not the true nature of equanimity as it was meant through practice. It's being one with the suffering of, of life. And it's also, it's also being one with your own anxiety. So you can have anxiety and then you can resist it and push away from it and hate it. Or you can have anxiety and welcome it in, and that's equanimity. So they can, it's like they can coexist at the same time. They can coexist with difficulty. And we don't experience one emotion at a time. Sometimes emotions are complex. And with people um, that we're, we're close to, particularly, we can love them and we can feel angry with them at the same time. It's like they coexist. And we hold, it's holding all, everything together holding every emotion, holding every experience together and not pushing anything away. Right? Not even pushing away the resistance to it, right? which is just more resistance. Um, so that is our practice, you know, with equanimity, is to be one with circumstances as they are and they're changing all the time and um, not to hold on to it, not to hold on to it as a some fixed state 